0: Hello and welcome to the Bridge City Church podcast. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church. We'll come along to our Sunday service at 10am. We'd love to have a coffee and a chat. We hope you enjoy this week's message, brought to you by Pastor Robin. See you at church. This morning, um, I'd like to speak to you from out of the book of Mark. If you're here with us for the first time, it's really lovely to have you here with us and we hope that um, you just really meet with God and have some takeaway today that God's going to speak into your heart and minister to each one of you right at your place of need. So I'm reading from Mark chapter 10 verses 17 through to 22 and um, my message this morning is entitled The Value of Your Life. And I've been really pondering that in recent times. Now, as he was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. You know the commandments do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal. Do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honour your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, one thing you lack, go your way. sell whatever you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross and follow me. But he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, the eternity of your word, that your word is truth, your word is life, your word is so all-encompassing for everything that we need in our lives to navigate the path that we're walking on. And I pray, Father, this morning that as I bring this word, you would make my tongue as the pen of a skillful writer, Lord God, to portray the things that you want each one to receive, each one to hear, each one to meditate upon, Lord God. For those of us in the house here today and those of us online, I thank you, Father God, that you will, Lord God, accomplish in each heart what you want to through the power of your spirit and by your word today. We commit this time into your hands in the precious and the most wondrous and the matchless name of Jesus, the name that is above every name. Amen. Meditating on how loved you are, how lovely you are, how loving you are, And I started to ask myself some questions. It's such a subjective thing. You think about, you know, how loved do you feel sometimes when someone's just, you know, insulted you or ignored you or do you feel very loved? Does it affect how you feel about yourself? Do you respond in like manner? How do we do that? Do we turn the other cheek? Do we we get on with it? What do we do with the hurt that comes when things like that happen? How valued do you feel? How valued are you aware of the the gifts that God has placed within your life, the incredible gift that you are to the body of Christ, the incredible talents that each one of you have? How much of that do you ever ponder on and think, wow, am I doing what God wants me to do? Am I responding the way God wants me to respond? And there's so much to think about. And there are days where I'm, – I'm an introverted person. I, there's days where I meditate myself into a corner, up the wall and out the ventilator. <laughs> but um, that's just how I'm wired. That's how God has made me and I think deeply on things. Um, and I've got to embrace that uniqueness about myself just like each one of us has got to embrace who we are and accept who we are. But also understand that as we're works in progress, we don't have to stay at that place that we're at because God is doing an incredible work in each and every one of us. I looked at scripture number 21 and it said, Jesus looked at him and loved him. So here's this rich young man coming and saying, how do I get eternal life? What do I have to do? And Jesus spoke to him from out of the law and the young man said all these things I've done I've kept them from my youth and then Jesus just looked at him and loved him he just looked at him and loved him because Jesus knew everything about that young man everything that was going on in his life everything that he'd ever done and he also knew everything he was about to do he also knew the potential that was in this young man and he said take take up your cross and follow me So it was a challenge to this young man, as he loved on him, take up that cross and follow me. And the young man was sad at the word because he had a lot of possessions. Some of us have got a lot. Some of us feel like we've got a lot to lose if we give everything to follow Jesus. But God gives us opportunity to make those choices. We all get to choose how much we submit to God we all get to choose how much of ourselves we surrender to God. And I look at life in the light of the world we're living in now and the busyness of the world and, you know, we're, we're on the pointy end of the year. We're heading towards Christmas. We're heading towards the end of term and there are those doing exams and those that are building up for Christmas And um, and at a time where... Every day we should be thinking about the awesomeness of God in sending his son into the world to die for us. Sometimes we can get distracted perhaps, discouraged and with all of the stuff that's happening around I I find that boundaries are constantly changing in our world. Rules are changing, laws are changing. The necessity to rethink how we do things and to be creative in how we do life because of restrictions, and stuff but I've also found in these last specifically 12 months that with all of these things and vaccines and rules and regulations it's been my experience that it's been one of the singular most divisive things in the Christian life that we've had to deal with do we vax don't we vax do we mask don't we mask do we scan the QR code do we sign in do we keep the one and a half meter distance and you know the rules of the land are set in place and um, the Bible says there is no place nothing set unless it's there is no authority except we get what we deserve basically so we play by the rules as long as it doesn't compromise our faith but the division that has come from the times that we're living in and I've got to speak this because it's been burning on my heart I don't see love displayed for each other. I don't see respect in a lot of circles for people and the choices that they make. I don't see people being free to be the people that they want to be and choose to be. I see finger pointing. I see sometimes downright venom. You only got to look at Facebook and some of the things that are posted on there. What does that do to people? Where is the love in that? Where is the respect in that? Where is the honouring of God in that we are his servants? The servant heart that he wants us to have, esteeming each other higher than ourselves. Where is the right to make those choices and yet not condemn others for not making the same choices? Where is the unity in diversity? Where is it? And you don't have to answer me. These are the questions I've been asking myself. I believe that the church is primed in the times that we're living in to be the pivotal point. We're at a pivotal point where we can really make a difference in our world. And we're not going to make a difference in our world if we're not reflecting the love and the grace of God wherever we go, the peace of God, the joy of God, the lack of condemnation that we need to absolutely display in our everyday life. You see, we can't change people. It's not our job, that's the job of the Holy Spirit. Our purpose is to love on each other, to love people, to be loved, to love and to extend love to those that need it, to know the acceptance that is theirs in Christ. It's simple really, isn't it? Maybe. You see, we've always got to make these adjustments in our Christian walk because as God grows us and as he matures us, We don't mature and grow through walking through easy times. We mature and grow through the challenges that are presented to us and what we do with them and how we deal with them and whether we humble ourselves under his hand and allow him to speak into our lives and show us the things that we need to be doing. And he always gives us a choice. We can accept it. We can reject it. We can put it on the back burner and say, "'Later.'" We can maybe ignore it. But whatever we do, we're making a choice. We're choosing yes, we're choosing no, we're choosing later, we're choosing to not do anything about it. And we get to make those choices. But the scripture today is talking about eternal life and counting the cost, about keeping the law. And mercy and grace have met with us through the person of Jesus Christ And the Bible also says not what one jot or tittle of the law passes away, but we're living under grace. We're living in a time of grace where God is pouring his spirit out upon us so that we can be his solution and his answer to the world that we're living in. And are we really doing what we want or are we doing what God wants us to do? And I think about life and how fleeting it is. We're not here for long. In the light of eternity, we may live to 100 years of age, but in the light of eternity, it's still not long. So what are we going to do with our life? And are we doing what God wants us to do? Are we fully committed to him? Have we counted the cost and laid aside every weight that would hinder us so we can run with endurance the race that he sets before us? What is our life? It's fleeting. 1 Chronicles 29.15 says it's but a shadow. Job 7.6 says it's swifter than a weaver's shuttle and that's pretty quick. Job 9.25-26 says it's faster than a runner and quicker than an eagle diving after the prayer. I love the book of Job. I love the poetry of the book of Job. I love the life lessons of the book of Job. Job 14.1, life is of a few days in the light of eternity. In Psalm 39.5, life is as a hand breadth. So life is fleeting and we get one chance. It is appointed for man to die once, live once, die once, and then we get to choose prior to our death where we're going to spend our eternity. All of those scriptures talk about the brevity of life and... As I'm getting older, I'm asking myself, am I doing all I need to do? Am I loving God as he deserves to, to be loved in increasing measure daily? Am I loving the church? Am I loving the lost? But what is the value of our life unless we truly know the love of God? 1 John four, ten to 12. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And send his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. So who are we and what is our purpose? And then you wonder, is it just the good people that find God? Or is it the wicked people that find God? Good teacher, what shall I do that I might inherit eternal life? It's everyone. Everyone in this world that's ever been born has the potential to find God because God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whosoever would seek after him, call on him, submit their life to him, reach out to him, would receive that eternal life. John 3.16 with a little bit that I've added along with it. People are looking for those answers. It's not a class system. The church is not a class system. It's not a club. It's not something you belong to if you pay your membership. It's an enfolding into the body of Christ as we submit our lives to God, as we give our hearts to Jesus, as we seek him with all our hearts and souls, as we understand how loved we are and understand that In each one of us are gifts and talents that God has placed within us to do the things that He's called us to do, and only you can fulfill what God has called you to do. Understand the uniqueness of the incredible love that God has for every single one of us. What has He called you to do? What season are you in in your life? Are you counting the cost? Are you reaching for God? Are you laying aside the weight? See, people are looking for answers. And some of us are still looking for answers. If you've got an inquiring mind, you're always looking for answers. You're looking into things. You're diving into things and saying, God, what are you doing here? What do you want to do here? What is your purpose through these circumstances that are maybe very much less than ideal? But God is sovereign. He's over everything. He sees everything, he hears everything and he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we think or ask according to his will and his purpose. 1 Corinthians 1. Is it just the clever that are called? No. Is it just the weak that are called? No. Is it just those who are down and out and struggling with substances or addictions or intellect no it's everyone that no flesh will glory in his presence. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that as it is written, let him who glories, let him glory in the Lord. You see, God loves everyone no matter what we've done, no matter where we've been, no matter how much we've lived in sin. I'm an example of that. Saved by the grace of God on the day that I chose to end my own life. So deep in depression and sin, yet God, in his mercy and in his grace, reached down and plucked me up out of that clay that was seeking to take my life and set me upon the rock, and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. He's wonderful. He is wonderful. And we've all got a story. And no one story is more dramatic than the other because we've all got a testimony of how God has reached into our lives and saved us and how he's keeping us and how he's growing us because Jesus looks at us and he loves us. He saves us just as we are. But he loves us enough not to leave us just as we are. Bringing us through as works in progress like the potter and the clay. He's at work in our lives. Even when we don't see he's working. Isn't that right? He calls us beloved. And I looked in the book of Solomon. Song of Solomon or Song of Songs it's called sometimes. In the book of Solomon. Solomon, it says 38 times, beloved. He calls us beloved. And when you look into the Hebrew root of that word, it means to breathe or long for. He breathes and longs for us. We're his beloved. Isn't that beautiful? It's just awesome. So how does that make you feel? Do you feel his love? Do you know how precious you are? Do you love yourself? Sometimes we use that in derogatory term. Oh, they're so full of themselves. They just love themselves. And yet if we don't truly love ourselves and understand who we are, we can't truly love God and we can't truly love those around us. You see, it's in understanding how loved we are And how lovely we are. That we can minister out of that point of grace in our lives. Because if I have an understanding of how wicked and bad and evil I was. And how far in sin I was. And yet God in his beautiful grace and mercy saved me. How much I'm loved and how the love of the Father is beyond surpasses human love. If I understand that. How can I not love everyone around me? How can I not reach out with that same grace and mercy and love? It doesn't make us blind to faults, but we're not to judge. We can discern what's happening in someone's life, but that love should be a catalyst to cause us to really reach out in prayer seeking after God, praying for the ones we see, praying for the need that we see, understanding that God has shown us through his eyes how precious and lovely each one is so that we can be the solution in our world, that we can be the ones to reach out in the love of God, not in a personal love. Sometimes it means doing things that we are way out of our comfort zone with. But when God calls us, he equips us. When he anoints us, he gives us the authority and the power to do the things that he's calling us to do. See, he's the God of the second chance, the third chance, the 14th, the 100th chance. And it says in, in Matthew chapter 7, judge not lest you be judged. And sometimes we look at other people's lives and we're pointing the finger and so busy pointing the figure that we forget to look back and reflect on what God has done in our lives And the mercy he's poured upon our life. And when we understand how loved, how can we not look with love at those around us? It doesn't mean we have to be doormats. It doesn't mean we have to be absolutely laid out for all to see. But there are times when we need to take captive those thoughts and bring them in obedience to Christ. And filter them through the filter of the Holy Spirit and the Word. What does your Word say about this, Lord? What is my responsibility in this? What is it you require of me? What is it I need to let go of? What is it need I need to pick up? What is it I need to graft into my life? What is it you want to grow in me through these circumstances? And when we do that, we can only do that with a total understanding of how incredibly loved we are in God And when we are loved by him, we can love him with the love that he deserves. You see, we are not saved for ourselves. Well, we are because, oh, I bit that. We are because we get eternal life. That's the eternal life. So our life will go on forever and ever and ever in the presence of God and in the angels and we'll be able to sit at Jesus' feet forever and ever and ever and hear him. And he, you, Have you ever thought about what Jesus sounds like when he sings? Oh, my goodness. Ponder that for a minute. And in eternity we get to sit at his feet and hear him for a thousand years and a thousand years and then he stops and we say, Go on, Lord. We want more. To be so in love with Jesus and his will for our life. If it costs us something in this life, it's worth it. It's worth it. Ephesians 1.6 says we're accepted in the beloved. To be accepted is a powerful thing. And Ephesians 2.4 a God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses and sin, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness. Toward us in Christ Jesus, for by grace you have been saved, through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, say I'm his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. For good works which God prepared before that we should walk in him. It's his grace and his mercy. And that grace is the unmerited favour of God that he loves us so much and has given us a new life for his purpose. He's rich in mercy because of his great love for us. Micah 6a, I love this. He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God? And I ask myself, am I doing justly? Am I loving mercy? And am I walking humbly with my God? You see, whatever you're called to do, if God's called you to do it, then the consequences are in God's hands. And we really need a daily revelation of who we are in Christ and who Christ is in us so that we can get that God perspective on our lives as it's only through the lens of the God perspective that we can really see clearly the things that we need to see. To see those around us, those that need the love. And we all need that. Those that need the mercy. Those that need the grace. Those that are down and out. Those that are up and out. None of us. There's not one of us that has less need of Jesus. It's just the extent that we're aware of our need. Sometimes we judge ourselves really harshly. You know, sometimes you beat yourself up because of what you've done or haven't done. And sometimes we've got this sense of unforgiveness even. You know, we slap ourselves up the side of the head because I should have done that. And you live with regret and you can live with grief because of the things that we haven't done. Or someone's really hurt you or wounded you or rejected you. And we can hold unforgiveness. And the book of Matthew says, in chapter 18, the man comes and says, how many times should I forgive? Seven times, thinking that he's really espousing a great number. How gracious am I? I'm willing to forgive seven times. And Jesus says, no, 70 times seven. In other words, you keep forgiving and you keep forgiving and you never stop forgiving Because it's unforgiveness that will build up a root of bitterness in you and it will actually keep you from the things of God and ultimately if you don't release forgiveness 100%, it will actually keep you out of the kingdom. And that's sobering, isn't it? Just like I've been forgiven, I choose to forgive daily, (laughs) sometimes hourly. See, people don't always understand who you are, how you're wired, how you work, but God does. And you know, if we are following his word and responding to him the way he wants us to, then the consequences are in his hands. If we do what God asks of us, we can leave the result to God. That's it. Don't judge by our own standards, especially not because they're subjective when we can be angry, when we can be hurt. When a relationship has broken up, when things have broken down, when our finances are struggling, don't get angry. Run to God. Show me what to do, Lord. Show me how to respond to this so that we don't respond out of a place of hurt or need or rejection or desperation or discouragement and we've got to a- a deal with those feelings as we, as we feel them but we don't stay locked in that place. Because God always has the answer for us. God will take us through into a full understanding to the extent that He wants us to know and a purpose and a plan with moving through those things. Because sometimes it's, you know, it's like the diamond that's formed in the depths of the earth under the heat and under the incredibly intense pressure that's placed on them. You know, it's carbon before the diamond forms. And like us, you know, the refining fire that God puts us through at times, you know, we feel like it's too hot. We feel like saying, God, turn the heat down. You know, I'm really struggling here. But in the intensity of the fire, if we allow God to work in us, he burns out the rubbish that we need to deal with. It comes to the surface like like gold in that refining fire. It floats to the top and then we can allow God to scoop it out. It's the potter and the clay thing again. You know, God's hand in the, on the inside of us, drawing down deep into us, scooping out the, the stuff that's in there that has been laid on us or that we've held on to because life is hard sometimes. And then God, in his incredible mercy, takes it from us and we're free, free And to another degree, we can enjoy the peace and the joy and the freedom that God has for us as we allow him to deal with those things. But just like the diamond, a diamond is only formed under incredibly intense conditions. And God wants us to shine like diamonds in his garden. And to do that, we've got to be willing to count the cost and say, Lord, whatever I've been through, I'm going to allow you to work through me, work in me, So that you can work through me because I want to shine for you. I want to shine for Jesus. I want to make a difference in my world. I want, and I'm saying a lot of I, because I don't want to say you. I don't want to be condemning or anything. It's me. God speaks to me about these things. I can never preach a message unless God is dealing with me in those things. That's just how I'm wired. Mm. How are we responding? Habakkuk three two. O Lord, I've heard your speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. And James two thirteen. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Powerful. And we could preach a whole message just on that, that one piece of scripture. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without, without partiality and without hypocrisy. So we need his wisdom as we go through these things. Foster them in your life foster that love his mercy his grace and then allow God to breathe life into those dreams he's given you the things he's called you to do the goals that he's given you to be the person that God has created you to be Jesus looked at him and loved him you see I know that God knows all things And when he looked at him as as the young man walked away sad, Jesus just loved on him because he knew what the young man was going to do. And it doesn't actually tell us what he did. But when you understand the value of your life in God, daily we get a choice as to whether we walk in that love and that grace. To do those acts of service that he's asking of you. To walk in that obedience and to do it in joy. You see, the joy of the Lord really is our strength. Because if we know we're serving the King of kings and the Lord of lords and we're walking humbly with our God and extending that love to those around us, how can we not have that joy and that peace that passes all understanding as we're in the will of God, guarding our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus, through the word of God as he speaks to us, as he leads us and guides us and teaches us. And to do those random acts of service and kindness that we can do to extending to each other. What we can do now can impact someone's life for eternity. How we live out the God life in the love of God can affect not just your eternity but everyone around you that God has placed you within that circle so that you can minister through love and be a solution and sometimes be an answer to their prayers as well. Proverbs 3, 26, I'll be finishing shortly. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in the power of your hand to do so. Do not say to your neighbour, go and come back and tomorrow I'll give it. When you have it with you now, when you've got it to give now, do it now when God is asking that of you. You might say, well, I don't deserve it. You might say... You know, you might say lots of things. I'm not taking that person a meal because the last one I made, they didn't like and they threw it out and said I was a rotten cook. <laughs> Do it anyway. Because if you win the will of God, the results and the consequences are down to God. Because love covers a multitude. You might say, you know... They don't deserve this or that. But I ask us all today, do we deserve the life that we have in him? After all I've done, do I deserve to be standing here speaking about the God of the universe, the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords, The Holy Spirit, you see, he chooses the weak things of the world to confound the wise. In my weakness is his strength made perfect. Amen. The value of your life, people. Your potential in God is only limited by the choices that you make Because when you reach for that potential in God, knowing how loved you are and how loving you are and what God wants to do in your life, the only thing that's going to stop you from doing God's will are the choices that you make. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Every door you knock on that's in, God will open. God will make straight your path. God will bring down the mountains and exalt the valleys. God will make a way in the wilderness where there is no way because if he calls you, he equips you, he anoints you. So the choice is ours. Are we going to choose the God life, the God purpose or not? We each get to make that call. Being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And it all comes down to the simplification of the Ten Commandments. We see it in Mark chapter 12. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength and love your neighbour as yourself. That's the simplification, isn't it? How simple is that? But we complicate things. I just wonder how different our lives and our world might look if we daily came to Jesus and said, Lord, I thank you, having a grateful heart having a thankful heart. Lord, use me for your glory. What would you have me do today? And then if we did it, how different might our world look? How different might our community be? How different might our own life look? And you know the amazing thing is we get to choose that. God hasn't made us mindless automatons. We get to choose. And so if you're dealing with things in your workplace, you know what, just stick to what God's shown you to do. Respect others for their opinions. Love each other in the differences. You see, there's unity through diversity. We can be of differing opinions. But we've got to love each other and we've got to respect each other. doesn't mean we have to agree, but love covers a multitude. Amen. God is good. Ephesians 3, and I'm going to close with this. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. When you look at others, love them with the love of God. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your word in this house and we thank you, Lord, for the example that you have set before us of Jesus looking at us, loving us. We thank you for the great love you have for us. We thank you, Father, that no matter where we've been or what we've done, you've called us, you have saved us, you've had mercy on us, you poured your grace upon us, you've filled us with your spirit, you've given us your word, you've shown us, Lord God, to walk humbly, to to do justly, to love mercy and walk humbly with our God. And Father, I pray and thank you today for the power of your word. And Lord, that Lord, you haven't given up on us just because we've messed up at times. But Father, as that same measure of grace and mercy has been poured onto our lives, make us, Lord God. Lord, instruments of peace and life wherever we go. Help us, Lord God, to reflect the Father heart of God in our community, in our families and wherever we are, Lord God, that we would not be judging, that we would not be, Lord God, walking under law but under the grace of God within those commandments that you've given us, Father God. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus that no matter what each one of us is going through at this time, Father, that we would understand how precious and loved we are the value of our life Lord God the plans you have for us Father God that you're not finished with us Lord God that you are wanting to take us on and deeper and firmer and stronger in you to use us in our lives as as incredible instruments of peace wherever we go, Father God. Lord, we thank you that no matter what is happening, Father God, as we look to you, we look to you from whence our help comes, that, Father, you will show us, Lord, what we need to do next, what the next step is, Father God, that we can trust you with our lives and that of our loved ones as we walk in that obedience to you, that you are our provider, you are our deliverer, you are our strong shield, you are our refuge, you are our strength, Lord God. And by the power of your spirit, you are teaching us, Lord, to love ourselves, to love you more, to understand who we are in you and to love each other, to love the not yet believers, Lord God. Because that's the main thing. And how can we love, Lord God, unless we know how loved we are? How can we reach out if the plank in our own eye is going to slap everyone? that we come in contact with. Father, use us for your glory. Heal us of the things that have made us draw away from, from you, from others. And God, we just, we just love you today in this house. We declare your word in this house is absolute truth. We commit it all into your hands in the precious and the most wondrous and matchless name, the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus, and give you praise and glory. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure you subscribe to stay up to date with all our latest sermons. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church. We'll come along to our Sunday service at 10am.